0: Ask God to rekindle your desire to serve Him. It is the Lord Christ whom I serve. God whom I serve in my spirit in the preaching of the gospel, Paul said, is my witness. And then remember why you serve. Uh, I go back to 1 Peter 4.11 often in my mind because he said, You've each received a gift. Employ it in serving one another. Whoever speaks, let him speak as it were the utterances of God. Whoever serves, let him serve as by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory forever and ever. Amen. That's why we serve. We serve to glorify God. We serve
1: to build up the body of Christ. Welcome to Downtown Bible Class with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Today we continue on our study of the Book of Romans. Pastor Scott brings a message titled, Serving and Teaching, We invite you to follow along with us now as we get started.
0: Take your Bible this morning and turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans is the great uh, explanation of how it is that a righteous God can declare sinners righteous. And of course, it's the best explanation, I think, in the Bible of what He accomplished at, at the cross. In his son Jesus Christ and what Christianity is all about. Eleven chapters of systematic explanation of just that. But then the last half of the book, or the last third of the book, chapters 12 through 16, God wants those who are righteous to live that way. Practical righteousness. And uh, verse one and two of chapter 12 the general statement of the Christian life and how we're to live. And then three and following, he gets specific. And uh, he uses the analogy of the human body because we are, in fact, the body of Christ here on earth. And uh, Peter says in 1 Peter, as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God, every Christian is given a gift, and we're to use that gift, we're to employ it in serving one another. Every time, in fact, that this analogy is used, it seems, in the scripture, he emphasizes that, that our gift is to be used not for our own edification, but for the edification, the building up. That's what that word means. It's not your everyday term, I guess but to build up or to edify the whole body of Christ. To each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, he says over in Corinthians 12. And here, uh, let me just read starting at verse 3. For through the grace given to me, I say to every man among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, and he speaks of just our bodies, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. And since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let each exercise them accordingly. Now, regarding gifts, it seems to me there's two common errors that I commented on when we first got to this section. And one is to be dissatisfied with your gift. And you might as well just say dissatisfied with yourself, dissatisfied with what God has given you. And the other, really on the other end of the spectrum, you might say, is to be a bit too occupied with your gift and think that it's the, uh, the answer to everything. And you'll find people in both camps. And you'll find those who are constantly dissatisfied with their gift and wishing they were someone else or something else among Christians. And then you'll find Christians who are thinking too highly of themselves and their gift. The very thing he said not to do in verse 3. And that typically goes with the showier gifts, the more public gifts. It's uh, Not often you find a servant, for instance, uh, a little too occupied with his gift, but you'll find teachers that think that the only thing the body of Christ needs is teachers. And you'll find evangelists sometimes, public speakers, uh, those who have more public gifts. We're just prone to be that way. We're sinners. And I'll tell you, both heirs need to think about this statement. God is the giver. Let me underline it first of all for those who are dissatisfied because maybe I'm speaking to you and you always wish you would have been something else or someone else. You wish you had a different gift or gift package than you have. God is the giver. Are you uh, grumbling? You're grumbling against God. God, the Holy Spirit, particularly fit you for his role that he wants for you in the body of Christ. I will give thanks to thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. My soul knows it very well. I mean, he created you in your mother's womb. I'm quoting the 139th Psalm. And so everything about you physically, I'll give thanks to thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. When he recreated you in Christ... He didn't make any mistakes. You're exactly uh, fit for the role He has for you. God is the giver. And then for those who maybe are tempted to be a little bit too uh, excited about their gift and forget that it's a gift, perhaps, God is the giver, I would underline. Uh, 1 Corinthians 4, 7, For who regards you as superior? And what did you have, what do you have that you did not receive? But if you did receive it, why do you boast as if you'd not received it? Any gift you have is from God. God is the giver. Now, having said that, we looked last week at the gift of prophecy. We want to look today, verse 7, at the gift of serving and the gift of teaching. Service. And teaching, two gifts that are greatly needed in the body of Christ, and both are used to build up the body of Christ. First of all, service. He says, if service in his serving. Since we've got gifts that differ, exercise them accordingly. If you're gifted in service, serve the Lord. Now, every Christian is called to serve. But some are particularly gifted as servants. They love to make things happen. They enjoy, and they're good at facilitating things and assisting others and putting others' interests first. And by the way, uh, and we'll see it repeatedly as we look at this, uh, I can hardly think of a time we are more Christ-like than when we serve. But uh, the gift of service, wherever you find a healthy church, you will find lots of servants joyously serving, fruitfully serving the Lord. Uh, I'll tell you, it's, it's a joy for me just to be part of this congregation because there are so many of you who are using your gift of service and serving behind the scenes and in ways that no one sees perhaps. And it's easy for the gift of service to be overlooked by men. It will never be overlooked by God. Inasmuch uh, as you did it to one of these brethren of mine, to the least of them, Jesus said. To the extent that you served these brethren of mine, to the least of them, you did it to me. That's what our Lord says when he returns. Remember Matthew 25? Uh, don't ever get discouraged in your serving servants. Don't ever think that nobody appreciates you. It's it's true, I mean, in the sense that you may not get the public acclaim. You may not get uh, the headlines in today's world But who wants the headlines in today's world anyway, when you think about it? You know, Jesus, when He gave that great sermon that I'm teaching downtown, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, He said, look, you want your reward in full when you pray, when you give, and we could certainly say when you serve. Those who do it to be noticed by men, they get their reward in full. But those who serve with an eye toward His glory, your Heavenly Father who sees in secret will reward you, the Scripture reminds us. And it's tremendous to remember that. I'll tell you, there are never too many servants. I've never seen a situation, uh, have you, where there's too many? There's a glut of servants. Oh, no. Uh, If God has gifted you in that area, serve and by the way you know as we study these gifts you don't and i i mentioned it earlier but i think i need to say it again because it's so easy to start to spend most of our time thinking whether we have the gift or not and defining the gift and becoming too refined that way whether it's really our gift or someone else's that's not the real point here and that's not the point here it's not the point wherever you go in the scripture he says employ your gifts and for every gift that he mentions there are general statements that speak to all of us. Now, that's not to say that gifts are not special and that they are not unique, but uh, we're going to see that every Christian ought to be serving, every Christian ought to be teaching, even though not every Christian is a gifted servant or a gifted teacher. So keep that in mind when I give general exhortations, you know. uh, Don't ever look down on service or servants. Jesus Christ said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give my life a ransom for many. If Christ lives within me, if he lives within you, we ought to serve. And those whom he has uniquely kind of wound us so that we want to serve, that there's that desire, there's that knack I mean, you see it in the body of Christ. You see it in a congregation. You see some people who can just come in and it seems almost effortlessly. And that's one of the ways you can determine gift is that there are some who seem to put minimum effort and get maximum impact. And I don't mean minimum effort in the sense of sloth or I just mean that it just, you can just see the work of the Lord working through them and they don't have to labor to see something happen. Uh, They just serve. Serve. That's not to say, and we're going to see it in every gift in this list also, that you don't work hard or even work to exhaustion. Uh, In fact, let me just uh, throw that in. When was the last time? I'm not talking about just servants now. I'm talking to teachers. I'm talking to servants. I'm talking to those with the gift of giving, the mercy, all the different notations he gives here. When was the last time you labored to exhaustion for the Lord. It's a joy to get to the point where you are worn out for Him. And we get to the point where we're worn out for the job, don't we? We're worn out for this or that or some sporting activity or you name it. We'll give it our best shot. Well, what a joy to labor for the Lord in that way. The Lord highly honors the gift of, of serving, and you know, as I comment on it, remember who you serve, remember why you serve, and remember in whose power you serve. First of all, who you serve. Colossians three twenty four says, "It is the Lord Christ whom you serve." Well, that's a good thing to remember. Paul. Uh, look back at the first page of Romans. Just look back at what Paul said. When, Just in passing, he kept this in mind all the time. And he's a good example for us. We've got to remember who we're serving. We're not serving people, even though we are serving people. Uh, we're serving one another. But that's not the ultimate focus of our service. It's the Lord Christ whom you serve. And Paul, just in passing, even as he was saying... I'm an apostle of Christ, a bondservant. I'm set apart for the gospel. He said it a variety of ways, but look at verse 9 of the first chapter. He says, For God, whom I serve in my spirit, in the preaching of the gospel of His Son, is my witness. As to unceasingly I make mention of you in my prayers. God, whom I serve. That was His perspective. I hope it's yours, because that will sustain you through life to remember who it is. That you serve. I think sometimes Christians, uh, make a good start and then wear down and quit serving or really cut back in service because we tend to forget who we're serving. And maybe in this particular gift, in this particular niche, it's particularly easy because you don't get the accolades necessarily. You don't get the human appreciation. And if that's what you're looking for, If you don't remember who you're serving, you can grind to a halt, so to speak. Maybe even as I'm speaking, you look back and you think there was a day. When I first came to Christ, I loved to do anything. I mean, the 84th Psalm rang true in my life. Better is one day in the house of the Lord than a thousand years outside, you know? I loved to do anything for the Lord, but I kind of got used to it. And gradually, and perhaps maybe you have settled into kind of a lukewarm mediocrity. Uh, Don't do that. Ask God to rekindle your desire to serve Him. It is the Lord Christ whom I serve. God whom I serve in my spirit in the preaching of the gospel, Paul said, is my witness. And then remember why you serve. Uh, I go back to 1 Peter 4.11 often in my mind because he said, You've each received a gift. Employ it in serving one another. Whoever speaks, let him speak as it were the utterances of God. Whoever serves, let him serve as by the strength which God supplies so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belongs the glory forever and ever. Amen. That's why we serve. We serve to glorify God. We serve to build up the body of Christ. We're to grow up, Ephesians says, in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. If you remember that God's whole project down here is calling out a people for His name, completing the body of Christ. And when it's done, He's taking us home. Our real home. You want your dream house, you'll get it. You know, you want real estate, you'll get it. I mean, we are going to get everything. He's going to... I mean, we're joint heirs with Christ. But His project in the meantime is building his body down here. And once we're complete, once the body is complete, he's taken us out of here. And if we remember that, that we're to build up the body of Christ, uh, it'll keep us focused in our service. The verse 13 of that same passage, Ephesians 4 says, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of man, to of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. And then remember in whose power you serve. Uh, Paul wrote it in Romans 7. We serve in newness of the Spirit. We don't really just grind out our Christian lives in our own strength. Or if we do, we (laughs) find out quickly how impotent we really are. But we serve in the power of the Holy Spirit. And he's the one who gifted us. He's the one who empowers us. And we are to serve, Romans 7, verse 6, in newness of spirit. I'll tell you, there's no higher calling. You know, I find that there is a certain uh, interest almost uh, always, it seems, among people in angels. When the subject of angels comes up, we we are interested in angels are mighty beings indeed and you read through the Bible and you realize that God had these angels do things that uh, dwarf anything a man can do <laughs> I mean angels are powerful beings but they are repeatedly called what servants servants Hebrews 1 says And don't you get too occupied with angels. They're just servants. They serve Christ. Be occupied with Christ. That's his argument there in Hebrews 1. But they are servants. What a privilege to be a servant. I mean, you're in good company. Remember when uh, Jesus was tempted out in the wilderness? God sent angels to what? Minister to him. To serve him. And... To think in terms of being in the company of angels when you serve is motivating, I think. But then it's dwarfed by realizing that Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, came to serve. He's a servant. Don't ever think lowly of service. My servant, the Lord calls him. The, the Lord God speaks of Messiah as my servant we love to quote isaiah 53 don't we my servant my servant all through those chapters in isaiah he's repeatedly called my servant oh you're in good company when you serve ask god to show you ways to serve Uh, don't ever or let me put it this way because to say don't ever maybe would be you know may i'd miss the point because we all do Catch yourself when you say, I'm just going to... It's a way to pass the time. Or, I'm bored. Or, I just want to keep myself occupied. Well, don't just put time in down here. You older ones, we live in a culture that says retire and just serve yourself. Just enjoy yourself. Listen, it is a... It's a perversion of the gift of service to merely serve yourself. And I'm afraid that many gifted servants in the congregation, in the body of Christ, use their knack for service for themselves or more likely for their own, their own family and just serve their own family. Now, that's a beautiful thing in and of itself. But if you start to do that exclusively, it's a misuse of the gift. We're not to serve just ourselves, or just our kids or just our grandkids or just our parents or just our grandparents. We're to serve the whole family of God, the body of Christ. So serve one another to the building up of the whole body of Christ. And I was going to say, you older ones... uh, we live this culture that retires. You don't find that in the Scripture. And I'm all glad. I mean, if you've got enough where you can not have to go to work, I say, great. But don't not go to work. Keep working for what really your calling is. I was talking to a guy just this week, and he's told me this before. And I take him seriously because I see his heart. And he told me, Scott, when I two more years, when I retire, I'm going to come to your office and say, what do you want? And I said, may your tribe increase. Because I love to be served. No. <laughs> but I loved his heart. And he said it from the hospital bed, by the way. Uh, he's excited to serve the Lord. Don't just fritter time away or occupy yourself. I mean, there's a job to be done. Serve The Lord, the body of Christ needs you. And I'll tell you, there's a workforce in America because we have been blessed. We have so much abundance. We've got more free time than any culture in the world has ever had. And some of you who've retired from having the the eight to five grind, you've got a lot of time on your hands. And maybe you found yourself looking for hobbies or, you know, and I'm all for hobbies, don't misunderstand me. But you've just found yourself kind of filling your life up with things to fill yourself up. Look for ways to give out and serve.
1: You've been listening to Downtown Bible Class with Pastor Scott Gilchrist. Please stay with us. Pastor Scott will return in just a moment with a preview of our next broadcast. Today's program was titled, Serving and Teaching, a message from our series, In the Book of Romans. If you missed a portion of the message heard on the program today or you'd like to share it with a friend, head on over to downtownbible.org. A free copy of today's entire message is available there for you to stream or download at your convenience. We're thrilled to announce the publication of a new book written by Pastor Scott Gilchrist. It's called A Brief Exposition of Romans. It's a 266 page chapter by chapter commentary on Romans that we're sure will enhance your understanding of this critical book in the New Testament. The book is available online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and most other online booksellers. But during our study of Romans, we'd like to send you a copy as a thank you for a gift of any amount to the ministry of Downtown Bible. You can find us online at downtownbible.org or by mail at P.O. Box 19191, Portland, Oregon 97280. We'd love to put this valuable resource in your hands. If you don't have a church home in the area, Pastor Scott would love to invite you to join us for our live online Sunday worship service at Southwest Bible Church. That's each Sunday morning at 8.30 and 11 a.m. You can find us live on YouTube by searching for SW Bible Live or go to swbible.org and click on Live Stream. We also broadcast the service live on the radio on True Talk 800 a.m. It's best to check the 800 a.m. program guide for up-to-the-minute schedule adjustments. Now, before we end our time today, let's go to Pastor Scott for a preview of our next broadcast. Again, just like
0: with service, every Christian is called to teach, but not every Christian is a gifted teacher. I mean, he says, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, teaching and admonishing one another. I really believe that every believer is to be a teacher in one sense. We're to be teaching. Uh, Hebrews 5, he says, You guys ought to be teachers by now, but I'm having to teach you. And he rebukes them for not growing and going on to maturity. So we all ought to be teaching, but there are those particularly gifted to teach, to take God's word and open it up, to explain it, to unpack it, to apply it to life. God has so ordered
1: things that his body, all of us, profit from Bible teaching Join us again next time as we continue our series Through the Book of Romans Pastor Scott brings part two of the message titled Serving and Teaching Until then, may the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you